Hey friends, happy summer and welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so glad that you're here today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. You can think of it as a therapy session with your best friend. Oftentimes, God brings things up because they are on the way out. And the topic that God is bringing up this summer is body image. Big shocker, I know. But before we dive into this topic, there are a few things I want you to know about this summer series. Here's the first thing. We are taking a break from our normal guest interviews to dive into this topic of body image. Now, these episodes actually aired originally on this podcast two years ago, but God dropped it on my heart to release them again this summer. But here's the deal. If you listened two years ago or any time in between, I highly encourage you to listen again. This topic is one that God continues to reveal new revelation, depending on what season of life I'm personally in. In fact, when I first recorded these episodes that you're going to hear over the next few weeks, I was about 15 pounds lighter than I am right now. Now, I know I'm kind of giggling about that, but it's just a little funny to me because I've had to practice what I preach and wrestle with what I believe to be true about my body my worth, and what God has to say about all of it. So please know that I am coming to you from the trenches with these messages, not the mountaintop. The other thing I want you to know is to be sure to download our Biblical Body Image Therapeutic Coloring Book. You can grab that at rachelgilbert.com forward slash biblical body image that's free to download and in july we'll do some short talk therapy episodes using that workbook now if you have not heard by now i'm writing a book on this topic of body image and i would love your help to write it and release it so i want you to stay tuned for a private group that you can join to be a part of the journey in the biblical body image movement i cannot wait to get that group started so when you download that body image guide that i just mentioned you will be on the list of the people that are going to be the first to know when that group opens and it's going to be a smaller group it's going to be a select group so i want you to be the first to know so you get first chance to join it okay All right, that's all of the announcements for now. Please sit back and enjoy this teaching on biblical body image. I pray that the Lord brings deep healing in your heart and life this summer through this series. Please be sure to invite your friends to listen in with you. Now, you might remember last time I talked about one of my insecurities being body image, and I got to share a bit of my testimony, and I went quite a bit in detail um, on some things that I have wrestled with, as well as things that God has taught me about this particular topic. Now, today I want to continue that conversation like I promised I would, and I'm actually going to share with you some notes that I spoke on a topic at my church And the title of this message was Living Healthy Slash No Filter. You know, it's funny because they asked me to come in and speak on living healthy. And I always kind of chuckle whenever churches ask me to come speak on this topic because I know they're thinking in their minds, 
that I'm going to come in and give you some practical tools. Now, I do include practical tools. In fact, in the episodes following this one, we're going to jump into some of those very practical, simple tools that anybody can apply and just, you know, to be able to live healthy and feel better in this body that God has given you. However, I never lead with those tools because I'm a big believer that there's a reason why we're not able to stick with some of those things that we know we should do. I don't think there's anybody alive. Well, I shouldn't say anybody because there's always exceptions to every rule, right? But most people know we should eat our veggies. Most people know we should limit our sugar and caffeine and alcohol intake. Most people know you should move your body. Most people know we should read the Bible. This list could go on. But why do we struggle so hard to do those things that we know we should do, right? There's always a deeper root happening here. And yes, I am Mrs. Deep. I am studying to be a counselor. But even if you're not a naturally deep person, deep thinker like I am, I really pray that these podcasts, especially these few episodes that I'm doing, focusing in on this biblical body image series, will really challenge you to possibly think deep, even if it's for a few minutes, (laughs) even if it makes you a little uncomfortable to just kind of stop and think about why you believe some of the things you believe, why you do some of the things you do and kind of shake things up and and just take a sneak peek or a deep peek at your heart and some of the things that might be going along with this. So today's topic that I want to cover is why is there an attack on our health and our body image? I included health this time because some people have body image issues like I shared about my mine and that I still can fall into in that trap of body image. And other people struggle with health-related issues. I don't know about you, but I know I have several friends and even family members who've literally had chronic health issues their entire life or maybe prone to injury, um, you know, have had chronic diseases and recurring things. And so I really believe what I'm going to teach you today, even if you're somebody who can't relate to the body image part, like you're like, eh, I'm good. You know, like, um, I will be honest with you. My husband um, is one who has not struggled with the body image issue of like beating himself up over gaining some weight. Like if he gains weight, he's just like, okay, well, I guess I could, you know, go for a run. And then he's one of those people that he comes back from his run. You can see his abs again. I've never understood that. But so I know there's some people listening who are like, yeah, I don't struggle with that. I can't relate. But I bet you can relate to maybe having some attacks on your actual health, you know, and some different things that you've struggled with in that. So these things I'm going to talk about today will apply to both of those things. So let's jump into this. There's five things that I'm going to talk about that why I believe we have an attack on our health and body image. Now, let me be honest with you. This list probably continues to grow and will continue to grow. I'm just honing in on five for today. So I just want to give that little disclaimer. And the first one is because, and I went into this point number one in great detail in the last episode. So if you did not listen to the last episode, I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to that. So reason number one, there's an attack on our health and body image from the enemy of our soul 
is because our body is a temple to be taken care of, not an idol to be worshipped. Now, remember in the last episode, I went into great detail on this, so I'm not going to hang out on this point for long at all today, but I'm just going to re-mention it and um, remind you that when Jesus died on the cross, he made us mobile temples. (laughs) So we're little temples on wheels now, right? Temples on two feet. And Satan wants to destroy the temple. He hates the temple of God. He absolutely hates it. And so if you're a believer, he's just like, um trying to take us out, but that should not put fear in our hearts. Um, These points, one one other thing I want to say about these points that I'm sharing with you, they're not here to put fear in. They're here to make us aware and help us to be able to fight our battles much better. It's almost like, you know, if you're going into battle, like a real, real in real life battle, you would want plans. You'd want to know, well, why is the enemy trying to take us out? What's he mad about in the first place? And what are his tactics and things like that? And so when we understand the why and the deeper level on some of these things, it really helps us to fight smarter, not harder. All right. So that was point number one, because our body's a temple. Reason number two, there's an attack on our health and our body is because of the, let's just go back on to the beginning in Genesis of that question, did God really say, right? There's always just from the beginning of time been this questioning of, can we even trust what God said? So think about a very famous verse you might have seen on shirts or mugs or plastered on people's foreheads is Psalm 139.14. And it says that, you know, that we're fearfully and we're wonderfully made, which is true. But how many of us question that? Like, I don't know about you, but I have very much questioned if this body of mine might have missed the boat on that scripture, right? That I don't know if I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not so sure about that. And so we believe the lie that we must strive to maintain or improve the body God gave us. So really, if you think about it, we reject the gift that God gave us, which is very heartbreaking to me when I think about that. The times that I have cursed my body or rejected it, I'm really rejecting a gift that God gave me. All right, so that's point number two. Point number three is, and I apologize, usually I make my points like an easy to remember word. But that's not happening today. So hopefully, hopefully these will still resonate with you and stick with you. Point number three is that when Adam and Eve ate from the tree in the garden, shame immediately entered into our world. Here's why this matters. Because Eve's shame came in the form of how she looks and Adam's shame in the form of to whom he looks, right? So men, as you know, tend to be the ones who struggle with lust and pornography, of course, You know, I've seen women struggle with lust and pornography, and then I've also seen men struggle with body image dysmorphia and things like that. So obviously these can go cross way, but generally speaking, women have the battle of body image and how do I look and all those things that came in in the form of shame that said, you're not enough. You know, you should do more. You should be more. Why can't you look like her? All those shameful kind of things. Why did you eat that? Why don't you work out more? You know the thoughts that have entered your head that are shameful, right? And then for men, Adam, it came in the form of who he's looking at, that shameful lust and the the hidden darkness of that, right? All right, so that's point three. I'm blazing through these points because on point five, I'm going to hang out on that one and teach on it for definitely longer than these others. These others I'm just mentioning to you. And if any of them resonate with you more so than the others, I would encourage you to really just explore that with God and say, hey, This might be one of the ones that I'm tripped up on right now, or I might need to delve a little deeper into in your own studying and your own quiet time. The fourth is Satan knows if he can keep us looking down at ourselves, we'll fail to look up at God 
and we will miss the call on our life. I think I briefly went into this one in the last episode, but isn't that the truth? And here's where that visual really came to for me was I used to be somebody who weighed in all the time. You know, I would do the weigh in each morning to see where I stood and everything. I no longer weigh myself. That's another story for another day. Let's take this a step further, not just weighing in. Something I still struggle with today is looking in the mirror and looking down at my oh-so-cute little leftover belly from having kids. And you know what I'm talking about, you other mama pooch friends out there. No matter how much weight you lose off the belly, there's still just that saggy skin. Some people don't have this. I was one of those who was blessed to, to get that after birthing three children. So that's a look down for me. I may not do the scale anymore, but in all real talk, honesty right here, I still look, get out of the shower and go, oh, gag. You know, if I'm happy to be in front of a mirror, I see it. And my eye goes right to that. Isn't it interesting too, that our, our eyes go right to our imperfections? I have beautiful blue eyes. Why can't my eyes go right to my eyes? <laughs> or why can't my, you know, you know, isn't that interesting though? We, instead of looking at the things that we really like about ourselves, we tend to just stare at our imperfections, which so just zaps the energy out of us. So then what happens when we're looking down at maybe it's the scale or, you know, a belly or thunder thighs or whatever, whatever your imperfection is that you tend to stare at. Whenever I am so focused in on my imperfections, then I am failing to even look up at God. I'm not even talking with God in those moments, right? Because if I was talking with God in those moments, I wouldn't even be having those horrific thoughts that I have about my own body. Another thing that God recently downloaded to me in this area is that, so my trouble spot, I would say, that I feel insecure about is my stomach. Like I said, you'll, you'll hear me talk about that a lot. That's just something on me that I'm like, ugh, I could do without, right? And when my husband touches my stomach, it almost kind of makes me jump. Um, and I've gotten better about this, but it, it startles me because I don't like him to touch my imperfection. And God really spoke to me about that and how interesting it is that that's almost a prideful place to be that says, you can touch any area of me that I am proud of, Right. I'm proud of my butt. I'm just going to say this live on, on podcast. I like my butt and thankfully my husband does too, <laughs> but I am proud of that. So when he wants to touch my butt, I'm like, sure, go for it. Yeah. Grab a hold of it. Go for it. And I'm married. I can talk like this. So don't worry. But if he wants to grab my stomach, I'm like, whoa, boy, you need to halt. What are you doing? You know, just take a step backwards. Um, I don't think so. I, I realize that is really prideful of me because I'm essentially saying to my husband, you can have access to the parts of me that I'm proud of, but my weaknesses, you cannot have access to those. The things I struggle with, you cannot have access to those. And God really spoke to me recently, just last week. He was like, Rachel, sometimes you're that way with me. <laughs> sometimes you'll let me have access to the things that you're really proud of, the things, the areas where you feel like, yeah, I got this under control. Sure, you can have access to that area. But when he wants to start having access to these areas where I feel weak, like this issue of body image stuff, I start to get a little squeamish. <laughs> I start to get a little like, wait, hold up, hold the phone. I would rather nobody see that. Nobody talk about that. Do you know why that is though? Part of it is pride. The other part of it is fear. Because I don't know about you, but those areas that are weak for us 
to stop and deal with those head on and address them. And now I'm not just talking about body. I'm talking about actual weaknesses in our life and insecurities and things like that. It's scary because you go, I can't control this. I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. I don't know if you're going to still love me if you really see this, right? Because that's kind of what's triggering in my mind. This is such a lie. But what's triggering in my mind when my husband touches my stomach, that is a spot that I'm insecure about, that a lie pops up subconsciously. I don't say it out loud, you know, but it just subconsciously pops up of if he sees the stomach, he is not going to love me anymore. He is not going to be attracted to me anymore. Now, I know that lies the furthest thing from the truth. I am very blessed with a husband who sees so much more of me than just the fluff, right? He can see past those things, and, and um, he loves that the stomach gave birth to our children. And so to him, he doesn't see it the way I do. It just is so interesting to me that how many times do we feel that way about God? That if he sees our imperfections, which is just so backwards. When I say it out loud, you know, this is one of the reasons why I'm very big on saying lies and insecurities and why this whole podcast is focused on these things out loud, because even us ourselves, we can go, oh, that's so not true about the character of God, right? Because he loves us unconditionally. But that's really what keeps a lot of people from entering into a deep relationship with God is that fear that if I let him have access to the sin in my life, He is going to be mortified by me and disgusted by me, and he's going to reject me just like everybody else in my life has rejected me. First of all, I want to tell you, I am sorry for people in your life who've rejected you because of your sin. That is not God's heart, right? I have personally, living proof, experienced people rejecting me because of sin in my life. And I will tell you, that is some of the deepest pain that you will encounter. And I am so sorry. That is not right. But I also want to tell you, it's not a reflection of God. So I would really ask you to give God a chance to see that stuff. He sees your sin, and that's why he sent Jesus. He knew the sin was coming. He knew the struggles we would face, and he's okay with it. He's not freaked out by it. He's not scared by it. He's not repulsed by it. He might be repulsed by the sin at times, but he's not repulsed by you. Okay, you are not sin. You have sin and you do sin, but you are not sin. Okay, so (laughs) moving right along, I'm taking way longer on these points than I said I would because we're coming into point number five and it's this. And I think it's very important. This is a very important point that I don't want to I don't want to hustle through. I want you to really get this one. And it is the fifth and final reason I'm talking about today that we have an attack on our body and our health is it keeps us from entering deep relationship with other people. So like I just told you, my husband, you know, when I'm constantly thinking about the body and the things that are happening, or honestly, even if I'm sick, right, I don't want to enter a relationship with him. I want to just put an arm out to him and be like, stay away. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I am in one of these states where I'm really struggling with body image issues, I don't want to be naked in front of my husband. I try to get dressed as quickly as I can because I'm like, oh, I can't stand to see me. Why would he want to see me? Which, again, are nothing but lies, right? You know, here's the other thing that happens. We fall into the comparison trap. And here's the problem with comparison. I heard an excellent message on this. Um, if I can... If I can find the link to it, I will share it in the show notes. I'm not going to make you promise that I can find a link to this teaching because it's an older teaching, but it's by my pastor, Pastor Robert Morris. And he talked about in there, this really opened my eyes to comparison. 
Only two things can happen when we compare ourselves to other people. Either pride rises up or shame rises up. So pride will rise up and say, huh, well, look at me. At least I'm better than that person, right? At least I'm not struggling that much. At least I'm not that overweight. Or at least, you know, I make more money than that person. It, you know, just that pride rises up, says, well, at least I'm not that bad. Or shame rises up and says, oh, look at that person. You know, I can't believe I should be doing all those things they're doing. I should have more self-discipline like that person. I should, right? And that's shame. Here's what happens. First of all, that's sin. Straight up, comparison is just sin when you think of it that way, because it's leading us into sin, I guess I should say. And it robs us of joy and energy. But here's what we do. I'm going to give you an, a visual illustration. I used this in a separate teaching I did on our restoring our identity. And it's, this is what we do when we compare ourselves to other people. We yardstick people. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase before, yardsticking. Here's what I need you to do wherever you're at, driving, walking, whatever you're up to right now. I need you to imagine a yardstick. Okay, I mean, put out in front of you your hands about what you think a yard is. Now, uh, if you're not good at math, it's bigger than an inch. <laughs> it's it's going to be about shoulder width apart, all right? Just imagine that for me, okay? So uh, imagine a blank yardstick. You might have seen these at Lowe's or something. They're just wooden. And I did this activation with a group of ladies where they each, I, I gave them all a blank yardstick. And here's what happens when we yardstick people. We literally enter into a relationship with them with an imaginary yardstick between us and them. And it's our comparison stick, right? It's our stick that we're entering into a relationship with them. We're comparing all the things. Body image is but one of the things that we compare. We are all guilty of the body image. But how about money? How about kids? How about husband? How about accolades and successes and maybe even education? I mean, the the possibilities here on the comparison are absolutely endless. Something my husband said to me a couple years ago, I kind of broke down to him and I was I just got honest with him about all the struggles I was really facing and how I didn't even want to be naked in front of him because I really just couldn't stand my body. I was gaining weight and yada, 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 right? And something he said to me that I will never forget, he said, don't compare yourself to other women, including your younger self. That's another woman. And I realized I had been comparing myself just to myself, right? That was a really powerful statement for me because I feel like we hear it talked about a lot not to compare ourselves to other people, but what about to a different version of you? And that's so not fair. You know, when I realized that I basically was comparing this body that I'm in right now in my 30s to a 15-year-old self who, one, was young and had, you know, the young metabolic, all the things of a teenager, but then also had not been pregnant four times and birthed three children, had not gone through all kinds of things, who is not a mother. Like, that is so not fair that we do that to ourselves. And so when he said that to me, it was like a light bulb moment of, oh my goodness, why in the world am I comparing myself to a different version of myself that's just as toxic and just as takes the energy right out of our days as comparing to other people? Now, I want to Take a minute, a few minutes of the last minutes of this show, anyhow, and talk a little bit more about this idea of yardsticking. 
So when we think about yardsticking, I want to have you come with me on a journey to think about identity theft. I don't know about you, but I have personally been a victim of identity theft in the past. I'm not going to go greatly into that story, but I know this much. Whenever I found out that uh, some of my identity had been stolen and I got the calls and had to change cards and had to do all of the oh-so-fun stuff that goes into something like that. If you've ever gone through that, you know what an absolute nightmare it is. Not one that you want to relive or wish upon your greatest enemy. But I remember when I got those calls, something rose up in me and I was mad. Not just at all the work and trouble that I had to go through, but I was mad that somebody else out there was trying to pretend to be me. And they were robbing my identity. They were making a name for me that was not me, right? And I got mad. Well, thankfully, God completely covered my back in that whole situation. That's a whole testimony for another day and another time, which I did go into more detail when I did this teaching that I'm about to roll into this one. I just don't have time to share all that with you today. But the moral of the story I want you to know is that when I was done with that situation, when it was resolved and the days that followed, I felt like the Lord said, Rachel, would you get that same kind of righteous anger when the enemy attacks your identity? And that slapped me over the head. I got to be honest, that's again, that was right before I started this podcast. He really spoke that to me of, I am not just battling for my own identity. I'm, I am standing in the trenches for your identity. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because I've prayed for you and the Lord somehow brought this into your ears to listen to. Really and truly, we are battling. We're in the trenches together for this identity. And so when I think about yardsticking, I think about we have such an attack on our identity that we enter into relationship with people with this imaginary yardstick. Here's what we're going to do in order to continue to fight for our identity and break down these yardsticks that we enter into relationships with each other, with friends, with uh, husbands, you know, but also with God. This yardstick applies to God as well. So here's what we're going to do. Instead of letting this yardstick break us up, we're going to use it to build each other up. Because now I want you to imagine you're flipping the yardstick from in between you and I that's separating us. And what if I take my yardstick and I put it on top of your head? It actually builds you up. All right. So hopefully this makes sense visually. But here's here's what we're going to just blaze through really quickly. There are four things that we're going to do to break down this barrier of that whole comparison yardsticking thing. The first thing is to reclaim. And first, you have to know what was lost. It's just like when I had my identity stolen. I I had to start digging and figuring out, oh man, what was all lost? What was, you know, what was affected here? What wasn't? I need you to do that. My prayer is when you listen to these podcasts, when you get off here, you go, hmm, huh, yeah, I've believed a lie in that area. Oh my goodness. And you don't dwell on that lie. I hope you know that this podcast is not a place for you to dwell on lies and be like, oh man, feeling horrible about yourself afterwards. It's to bring awareness so that you can bring those things into the light, get rid of them, demolish the strongholds, and then be on your way and be on your way and be blessed to do what God is asking you to do for that day or that season 
or in your life, all right? So that is the first thing we have to do. We have to reclaim. We have to know what was lost. Today, I want you to know this is the day I'm sounding the alarm. I am ringing the bells and I'm saying, yoo-hoo, you need to know your identity has been stolen, okay? <laughs> your identity has been stolen. So I need you to do something for me. I need you to break up with any lies that you've believed or possibly that others have spoken over you. I know a lot of people, I think all of us actually have had lies spoken over us as kids, especially things that people say in passing, you know, you're such a mess or this list could go on and on. Some are said in a joking manner, those still hurt and cut deep. Some aren't. Some, I've, I had things spoken over me even as a teenager from people in my life that should have been influenced. They were influencing me, but they, they were not influencing me correctly, even by teachers and youth pastors and things like that who spoke things to me that were simply not true. And it wasn't until decades later that I realized, huh, that lie really originated back when I was 14 years old. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So that's the first thing you do. You're going to reclaim by just bringing into the light things you might have believed. And so you're welcome to pause this and think about it. Or at the end, maybe just jot these questions down and then, you know, take some time during your quiet time to address this. But ask God if there's any lies you believed. And I also want you to ask him, was there a season or somebody who spoke that lie over you? And the reason there's power in that is it helps you to just replace it. And that's what we're going to jump into. So the second thing is after you reclaim, you're going to renew. And if you renew your mind, your life will follow. I'm going to get into a teaching in the episodes to come on the power of our mind and renewing our minds. I'm not going to go into that right now, but I want you to be aware of any areas you might need to renew your mind. All right. So remember, we broke up with the ideas of all the negative lies we believed. And now we're going to break up with the negative thinking that we've entertained But we're going to build back up by replacing those lies with the truth. And that's the whole point of why you want to bring out these lies into the the light. Not to feel bad, not to, to dwell on them, but instead to go, okay, I can put a name to this lie, right? Now it's much easier for me to figure out which truth I need to replace it with. It's much easier for me to go to God's word to find specific scriptures that are going to deal with the absolute opposite of what I have been believing, right? Okay, so we've reclaimed, we've renewed. Now we need to restore, all right? We now know what's been stolen, so now we can begin to restore. Think about if a robber broke into your house and the police come, and maybe you've experienced this before, and they go, okay, what all they steal? And you go, I don't know, right? You just know a bunch of stuff is missing, but you're like, I'm not real sure. It might take me a few days to figure out exactly all the things that were missing. And you do. You go through your house and you comb and you're like, oh, oh, that ring is missing. That, you know, that laptop is missing. And you start to see exactly all the things that are missing so that hopefully the police or insurance can come in and restore or replace what was stolen. So now you know what's been stolen. Now let's go to do the hard work of, okay, actually, it's not the hard work on our end. It's actually quite easy work on our end. All we have to do is go, oh, hey, God, um, this was stolen by the enemy. Could you restore this? And he always will say, absolutely, yes, I'd love to restore because God is a restorer. The Bible says that multiple times over, but that is one of the characteristics of God is that he is a restorer. Okay, so I want you to do that is um, write down or think about any areas that you want to see restored. Did you know that the first step in overcoming jealousy 
is to build others up in that very area. I wanted to just throw that in since we're talking about comparison here. All right, the fourth and final thing you're going to do to help with that yardsticking, to help with that comparison game so we don't get trapped into this final lie that the reason, one of the reasons the enemy attacks our body and our health is rebuild. All right, and now we get to rebuild our relationships with ourselves, with God, and with others. And we really have to make a decision daily to choose to build up rather than break up. And breaking up is, you know, with people and with our mindset and things like that. So here's my question for building up in this area. How can you use your strengths or your giftings to build other people up? You know, I I am an encourager at heart. That's just something that it comes naturally for me. I love to do. I really love cheering people on. I really love, I think that's probably why I liked being a boot camp instructor so much. There's really nothing that brings me greater joy than to look at people, see their giftings, and then go, oh, you can do this. And like be the person who runs alongside you and says, you've got this. Keep going. You're almost there. I love to do that. And knowing that that's just a natural gifting that comes from me, I try to do that with all the people in my life, with my kids and my husband and our employees. and But even this podcast, I really, really pray that when you listen, you are at the end of it, you go, wow, I feel so encouraged. I just absolutely love that because it's like, yes, I'm using my gifting to build other people up. Now, here's the interesting thing about being an encourager. What's the opposite of encouraging somebody? It's discouraging them. So did you know that something I do actually struggle with is for my own self? I struggle with being discouraged just myself. The enemy often attacks us in the areas where we are strong. And so for me, I have to really, I have had to battle in my mind to stay encouraged for me. I can stay encouraged for other people all day long, but for myself, my mind, my flesh, sin nature tends to go to, well, that's probably not going to work out for you. Well, People probably aren't going to even listen to this anyways. Why are you doing it? Well, like those kinds of thoughts tend to pop up with me very naturally. So I've had to learn how to take my thoughts absolutely captive and make them obedient to Christ in this area because I will find myself discouraged, depressed, down, blue, uh, if I'm not careful in this area. All right, so I want you to think about yourself. What are your strengths? I know these strengths are so... There's so many. I really mean what I say in my intro of this podcast that you are so uniquely gifted. There are some people who are gifted at things like Excel spreadsheets. And I'm not kidding when I say that is a gifting. Now, I'm not saying I don't know how to do an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, it sucks the joy right out of my life to do Excel (laughs) spreadsheets or to be like my husband has joked with me. He's like, you're not allowed to accept an admin position because any kind of nitpicky little let's sit down and let's make a form. That stuff is just like, oh, sucks the life right on out of me. I have friends who are not only great at it, but it brings them so much joy. I asked them, hey, would you create, you know, some kind of an org chart for this? And they're like, their eyes light up and and they just get all kinds of excited. They're like, I thought you'd never ask. Yes, I would love to. That is called operating in your gifts to build other people up. Because when I have friends like that who operate in my life in that way, they build me up because I'm going, oh, thank you, Jesus. I can do this thing now because I have somebody to keep me organized. I have a question for you too on this. How can other people's strengths complete 
your weaknesses. You know how earlier I said that when my husband touches a part of my body that I am insecure about or whatever, it kind of, you know, makes me think, oh, I don't want you touching my weakness, right? And sometimes other people's strengths intimidate us. We're like, oh, they're so strong in that. Oh my goodness, I should, makes us not want to hang out with them or makes us feel insecure around them, which is so silly because think about this. God sent that person into your life to fill a weakness of yours, right? I used to feel so insecure around women who were really organized. And just like I said, you know, we're just like on top of all the things. I used to feel insecure when they came into my life or or the women who were really great, like with throwing the best, most beautiful parties or doing all these things and being crafty and artsy. I used to feel insecure. Now I am singing praises. I'm like, woohoo, God just sent me another friend who totally fills in my weaknesses. Like if there's going to be a party that's held, I will always tell those friends that are crafty of mine, like, hey, you do the decor, you do all the organizing and the planning. I will be the one in charge of making sure everybody's having a good time at the party, who's cultivating these really rich conversations with people, who's, you know, making sure people feel seen and encouraged when they're at the party. That's my strength at the party. So instead of feeling intimidated when those people come into your life that have strengths that are your weaknesses, you should just get excited, right? You should really just get excited and realize that they are a gift from God to help fill in the gaps where you are weak. Because here's the truth. God strategically placed every single person in your path for a reason. So instead of comparing or competing, ask God how he can use each of you to complete the others. All right. And that's such a truth that if we, if more of us really believed this and, and acted like this, oh my goodness. Can you imagine how amazing, not just that our world would be, but how many gifts we would see come to light, how many organizations we would see just take off and ministries just take off if we really believed this, that we don't need to be insecure when we see other people's strengths. We are just like, yes, another puzzle piece. That's what we should do. We should rejoice. Woohoo! We found another puzzle piece that's going to fill in the gaps where I'm so weak. All right. Okay. So I, I want to wrap up today and we're done with the talk. So the whole theme of today, in case you forgot, it's been been a minute since we started, was talking about some of the reasons why we have an attack on our health and our body image. And I spent a lot more time on point number five, talking about the comparison that the enemy really wants us to get into this place of comparing ourselves to other people and their journeys. And so we hung out a little bit on this comparison idea of yardsticking. And the four ways that you get over the yardsticking is by reclaiming, renewing, restoring, and rebuilding. Um, I know there was a lot in this teaching. If you need to, go back and listen. I also would encourage you to share this episode with somebody who you feel like it would bless, all right? I just feel like there's so much truth in this teaching that did not come from me. I need you to know that. I'm not tooting my own horn over here going, oh, you should share for my purposes. No, because God downloaded this message onto my heart. And I really feel like there are a lot of people who need to hear this. So I would love it if you shared it, which is at least one other person here like, hey, this really blessed me, especially this point. I think it would bless you too. You know, one other thing I want to leave you with it, just practically speaking, I want you to keep that yardstick image in mind the next time you go into a group of ladies or wherever work, I don't know. And I want you to remember that and just think about, are there any relationships in my life that 
if I wasn't yardsticking them, we would be closer, right? Have you ever had those friendships in your life that you're like, man, there just feels like there's something here. Why can't we get closer to each other? And it's because you literally have a yardstick holding you two from each other. And if you were in real life in person with me, I would put a yardstick in between you and me and I would show you exactly what I mean. So I need you to just imagine this in your mind. And I just want you to start entering into relationships with that in mind. And so That is all that we have for today on this topic. I will eventually teach you the practical things I've learned about taking care of your body. But before I do that, I really had to make sure you knew some of the, my own testimony, which was in this last episode, and then this one, the why there's even an attack, so that you can be better prepared that when you have a battle plan, you understand why there's an attack, and you understand why it's important to have a battle plan because of how deep this is such a root issue of why there's an attack even in this area. And also, I just need you to know you're not alone on this journey, right? There's not just myself. I'm speaking for myself. I'm speaking for thousands of other women. Anytime I teach on this topic, it's like people just flood me with, oh, me too. Oh my gosh. Yes, I've struggled with that. Thank you for speaking up on this. It's no secret, even in the world view, that this is an issue for women in particular. But my heart is that we can approach this from a spirit-led position that's biblically sound. And so I just want to encourage you again over the next few weeks to really dig into this area with the Lord, especially since it's bikini season. Everybody's thinking about this. Everybody's wrestling with this. I I want you to just approach this a little bit differently this summer. I'm excited to continue to hear the feedback and the revelation that God downloads to you. So let's wrap up by praying and then we'll be done for today. So Father, we thank you again for another day for us just to come to you and talk about not only body image, but our health and the things that you care about. I thank you for this light that you have shed on why there's such a struggle here. And I thank you for this light on the comparison and the yardsticking. I pray, Lord, that everybody who can hear the sound of my voice would be set free from that spirit of comparison and pride and shame and um, that you would make each one of us more and more aware of the schemes of the enemy so that we can overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It's in Jesus' precious and mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, my friends, that's all that we have for today. I will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel. Have a great day.